da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Brian, what are we talking about tonight? Kent Richard, this is episode, I believe, number 191. We're going to be talking about Netflix's Making a Murderer. Hey guys, I've missed you. How have you been? It's been a while. This, it's weird that it's been a while. It's been a solid two weeks since I've talked to you gentlemen. So so those of you who don't follow us on Twitter, because Brian put up a uh, lovely tweet on the uh, Mad About Movies podcast. If I were to want to find us on Twitter, uh, what would I search? All you got to do is search for Mad About Movies and it pops right up. Awesome. How convenient is that? That's yep. pretty convenient, Ken. It's so convenient. On the scale of one to convenient, I'd say convenient. <laughs> but Brian put up a uh, thing that said this is our first – we took a week off last week, and it's our first week off since April 2013. And last time I checked, it is currently February 2016. <laughs> so all of you can deal with it. That we took- <laughs> what, did, what did you guys do? What did you enjoy on your week off? Kent, what did you do for your but, week off? But, you went to New Orleans, I saw. In, in my defense um, – we gave you two hours last week, so that kind of, the yeah, week before. Yeah, and like so. fourteen episodes in January. So <laughs> no reason to be defensive, guys. No yeah, reason. It's, okay. we, it's great. We deserve a week off. Was, That's fine. Hey, and it was great having people tweet us asking where the episode was because that, that makes us feel, feel pretty like good, loved, and people care about us. We're a big part of people's lives. I've raised people's children for them. But Kent, <laughs> where? What did you do, Brian? I don't care about you right now, Kent. What did you do for your week off? You went to New Orleans. I saw on Snapchat. It was not New Orleans. It's Mobile, Alabama, the poor man's New Orleans. How Christian. far is that from New Orleans? How far is that from New Orleans? Uh, it's mm, uh, Gulf Coast of uh, Gulf oh, of I Mexico. Thought went, so. I thought you went off of Bourbon Street. You looked like you were off it, of Bourbon. It's like a mini. Yeah, they have already grown everything. It's like oh, it's like okay. a it's a, it's basically a small New Orleans if you want to. Oh, okay, I thought it. you drove in for a day or two. In New okay, so you're in Mobile. Oh, that's beautiful. We're in Mobile, okay. uh, Mobile. Yeah, Mobile. and I was at the uh, Senior Bowl, which is basically the college uh, football Pro Bowl, if that makes sense. Right. And uh, all, all those guys trying to basically try out for the NFL. It was fun. The, the game, it was 72 degrees and sunny. It was a nice. gorgeous day. That's awesome. And uh, it, was, it was a good little uh, vacay from the show. Like you said, I, I think I've been on every episode except for one. Yep. You missed and, one uh, episode. You y'all missed one y'all episode. each individually have missed a few uh, here and there. I missed the Mad Men one. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I missed, missed four or five. Yeah. I've missed the most for sure. I'm definitely the worst. I uh, missed the Mad Men one voluntarily, though, because I hadn't seen all of Mad Men and I didn't right. want to. And I think I think it. history will show that that was our best our best episode. <laughs> it's like when Aaron Cla- Eric Clapton filled in for George Harrison on those later Beatle records. <laughs> People think those are the best. Um, right. It's the Dave Navarro Red Hot Chili Peppers days. Just <laughs> yeah, the, the peak of all music. And Ken, I've always described you as the Dave Navarro of our podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, the, uh, and you know that's the, the highest I, The eyeliner. Get. I get the eyeliner, yes. <laughs> right. And you know me. That's the highest compliment I can yeah. give is to say someone is the Dave Navarro. You know me, right? Yeah. We're old friends. Brian, what yeah, did you do? How did There's you two ways that Richard compliments somebody. It's by calling them the Dave Navarro of something or the Dirk, the Dirk Nowitzki of something. Richard, yeah. you, you've always been the Fred Durst of this podcast. <laughs> you are just... I do every episode in a backwards Red Yankees yeah. hat. That reason. And you, um, you sag a lot, too, and it's I concerning. Sag like crazy. You still sag. It's 2016. Huh? Why are and you Brian, sagging? Brian I is... always picture you rolling, though. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. See me rolling, but uh, I like to picture Brian is the West Portland of this podcast because he always wears those crazy contacts. Right. <laughs> um, 
always Brian, have face paint. That's a good. That's some new. That's some hot new metal talk for uh, Brian. Is Brian is flea? He just wears a sock. Yeah. <laughs> we won't say where though, because he wanted to keep yeah, his job. But, yeah. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> Brian, how did you celebrate your week? Uh, you know what? I don't even remember. Saw Star Wars so, again. Just, just. I uh, know. <laughs> I've not seen Star Wars again. I've seen it five times. I think that's probably where I'll stop. Five times. I haven't seen it again. I've seen it. We don't watch times. it nine hundred thousand times when it comes out on DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, October? No, April fifth. April fifth. We're getting close. Close so. to October. Yes, They're right can't wait. Like yeah, I don't know what I did last week. I guess I just just got totally blitz the entire yeah. time. Or something. I don't know. No, I <laughs> just working. Right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Is it weird, Brian? I've seen uh, The Force Awakens two times, but I f- I feel like I can tell you about every part of it. Like it's so embedded. Very so my, I mean, you saw it two times opening night, so you haven't seen it since. No, I saw it once opening night, and then I went uh, the next day. Oh, that's right. Brian saw it. Right. Brian saw uh, it twice opening night. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's what I, I met him there for the second screening. So you and I have seen the same amount of times. Who would have seen that coming? Yeah. That's crazy. And do, do you feel like you want to see it again, Richard? Like, I feel like I, I after the second time, I get, <laughs> no. I mean, after yeah, talking about it as I, much as no, we did. I'm, just, I'm grumpy, and I don't see things. No. More than, I think it was crazy that I saw it more than once. That means it's a very good film. Yeah. Yeah. Very surprising. It is. Yeah. And it's surprising. And it was, st- I could not, I can't believe you even saw it once, to be honest, and let alone twice, voluntarily. I didn't think there was, was quite enough Marco Rubio in it, but I think, um, <laughs> well, maybe. Rogue One comes out this year. We're- <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's got a lot of Martin O'Malley, too. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, I did nothing either. I worked, I went to Austin and uh, enjoyed the lake and some 80 degree weather and uh took a boat out and cruised that's what i did i was like i was basically for georgia line i rolled my windows down and i cruised <laughs> so that's what i did, did with you get a new week. chain for your wallet or no same one oh, same, okay, good. same chain wallet obviously because that <laughs> my my dead uh my dead grandfather passed that down so oh, okay my yeah bad. yeah so it's it's sentimental I re- we rented a pontoon boat this weekend and cruise. So man, I'm glad you were a Florida, Florida Georgia Line song this week, man. Yep. With a, it was a pontoon boat with a lift kit. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but Brian, I got to be honest with you, it looked a heck of a lot better with you up in it. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, good. I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we're back. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, State, here. I want to tease something. We're going to have a little State of the Union, the annual Mad About Movies State of the Union. <laughs> I should say Richard and Brian are sitting behind me uh, mm-hmm. evenly and they're going to I call make faces. I call Joe Biden, Biden Brian you are Paul um, Ryan. <laughs> you're Paul Ryan. Okay, I don't know the, who that is, but okay. The Widow's Peak. Yeah, the Widow's Peak. <laughs> the Widow's Peak. You can be John Boehner if you want, but you got to get a lot of bronze around quickly. But I'm Biden. I'm going to make a lot of weird faces and kind of stare at the crowd blank. Cool. And, I will be wink. the guy who knows something about politics. <laughs> I wish the listener, sometimes I wish I could make my, no, I don't really want this, but there are times when I want my tweets or my texts to be public so that the listener can see how stupid I am. It's so funny. At least once a week, I text Richard and say something like, explain Marco Rubio to me or something (laughs) like that because I... I don't understand politics. I can't. It gives me tired heads so bad to even think about politics. But I do get interested. So I want to know what's going on. And Richard knows. We've been demanded. We've been. It's been requested a follow up episode of Mad About Politics. (laughs) In the previous episode of Mad About Politics, we discussed Donald Trump's decision to run for president. So now. Richard, after the Iowa caucus, give us a one-minute update on 
politics. It, it's difficult when one, if one were to hypothetically build their entire campaign around the fact that they win at everything and they're a winner, and they're a proven winner, and they're just going to win. If that same person were to get almost third place in a certain first state caucus slash primary, that would not reflect well. Would you guys agree? Right. Uh, so, <laughs> so that that's what happened. So Trump's uh, Trump's on the he's on the ropes for the first time. Cruz with a nice win, and uh, Rubio is lurking as kind of this uh, on, the, on the Republican side is sort of a. Uh, a, a, a alternative kind of um, institutionalist uh, Republican. And on the Democrat side, it's 50-50 between, so far, between the burn, if you guys can feel the burn, and uh, and if you can feel the uh, feel the uh, Hillary. Everything went down to basically a coin flip, and Hillary uh, eked it out. But if you guys do like politics, if the listeners are interested in politics, I follow politics. I believe po- electoral politics is the fourth greatest sport in this country behind basketball, football, baseball, and nothing else. Uh, but Kent would say hockey. That's fine. It's debatable. But I say electoral politics is the great American force sport. And uh, it's great. There's a show on Showtime now called The Circus. And uh, if you're familiar with Hard Knocks, what Hard Knocks is to, to the uh, to training camp, The Circus, this is an early weekly recommend. The Circus is for electoral politics. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's awesome. Back to you, Kent. Trump is still uh, still in this thing. That's what's surprising to me. That's all I really had to say. About the undersold thing about Trump is, yes, he's crazy. Um, yes, he would be a terrible president. Yes, um, he's probably like a insane fascist. But people undersell the fact that yes, he is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and so that that works. If you're funny, man, yeah. funny works. Yeah. Like we're funny, and people listen to us. That's what matters. <laughs> It matters if you're funny. Doesn't matter how insane you are. You're you know what? You're funny. right. We've proven that. that. With We've that idea, that I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I'm I'm headed to uh, New <laughs> yeah. Hampshire. That was next. Exactly. I'm Good headed job. to New Hampshire. Where is New Hampshire? I, I can from? definitely get more votes than Ben Carson. I feel pretty <laughs> confident. Oh, he's got to change his clothes first. <laughs> but then he's in it. Did you see that? Brian? Yes. I did. That's <laughs> okay. He's got to get some new ties. All right, this concludes episode two of Mad About Politics. <laughs> we'll see you, guys see you in two years, guys. Two years. <laughs> see you at the, the uh, midterms in two years. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So it's the, uh, in, in fitting segue, uh, Kent, it is our Mad About Movie State of the Union, which is a political thing we do every year, which is we talk about uh, where our show stands, what our show means in the year 2016 going forward, what, what we did in 2015. Uh, because we consider our listeners as part of the show, part of the experience. We're so thankful for each and every one of you. And uh, we're going to talk quickly about where the show's going to head. And then we're going to do some American Treasures. And then we're going to get into the the, uh, the episode of the week. So, Kent, I'm going to throw to you right here. Okay. I'm going to let you lead as our, our fearless leader. Uh, where are we going in the year 2016? Our State of the Union. Go. Let me just say how great uh the the listener and our um our community has been over the past year uh overwhelming uh we we put out a little pledge drive at the beginning of uh 2015 uh, with the intention of maybe uh starting to chip away at what it costs to make this show happen and uh we actually paid for the show uh in full last year thanks to the listener so we we broke even on the show um and we're very, very excited about that. Uh, like we say, we don't really want to get rich off the show. We know we probably never will get rich off the show. But we do want the show to pay for itself. That's really the only goal with the pledge drive. So with that, 
Um, we have a couple of incentives. I'll start at the bottom. For a $10 donation, and you can donate any amount you're choosing. You can donate two cents if you want, and that is very much appreciated. If you give me two cents, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I would probably never give you two cents, uh, but so thank you for giving me two cents. For $10, gets you what, Brian? $10 gets you a shout-out on the show. Boom! And, uh, yeah, boom. And we, we're, we're working on some swag, and uh, we'll, we should be able to announce that swag stuff in, in a week or two. And uh, I, I think I think our deal is going to be $10 and up. You're going to get some kind of a, a thank you swag, a piece of thank you swag, as it were. It's a mystery box. Yeah. Everyone loves a mystery Everyone box. loves a mystery. That is $10. Shout out on the show. And we'll only do that once a month. We'll we'll hit them real fast. Thank you to XXX and X. And, uh, and we want to, of course, thank all those people. But for $50, we have uh, – you can actually nominate – an American treasure of your choice, which we will discuss in a segment, or uh, you can give us a weekly recommend. And that weekly recommend can be, mind you, anything. It can be your company. It can be your personal Twitter account. It can be your band's EP that you're trying to push on Spotify. It can be literally anything. Uh, or it can just be a show that you really like and you want people to check out or a book uh, you want them to read. Uh, so $50 gets you either an American treasure or a weekly recommend on the show. 150 bucks gets you on the show. That's that's our going rate at this point. You get on the show, you get some kind of uh, Mad About Movie swag, and uh, you get to come on and talk with us and review a movie and wake, make a recommend, and it's a great time. We had maybe a dozen people this last year. Uh, if, you've, if you're a listener of the show, you know all these wonderful humans that have come on and, and, and talked uh, movies with us. They got to do so because they made a donation of this level, and uh, we would love to have you join us on the show, and, and uh, you know, we, we, that helps us buy some movie tickets and server space and all that kind of thing. So that's the, that's the deal. 150 bucks gets you on the show to be a guest and uh, some, some form of Mad About Movie swag. Boom! Boom! What can be better than that? Join well, I'll tell you, Ken. What could be better than that? I don't know. What could? I can't <laughs> think of anything, Brian. Neither well, can Ken. I, Ken. <laughs> Richard. Well, for two hundred fifty dollars, yeah, you can be a guest and you get the swag bag of the century. Yeah, we're talking ten, twelve items. Think of it as one of those, um, Brian, the subscription boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Your uh, your nature box or uh, smuggler's box bounty. If you're into really, yeah. if you're into makeup, I wear a lot of. I, yeah. I have a birch yeah. box for bespoke. Uh, there's like a billion different subscription boxes, and that's kind of what you're getting. And and you get to be a guest on our show. Like that's the greatest prize of all time. To get us some extra swag on top of that. I mean, come on. That's gonna be great. So right. that's it. And I it's, will say, guys, and I'm going to interject here because I haven't yet, Okay, that the swag we're discussing, we're going to unveil over the next month, uh, every week, we're going to unveil new swag. And the swag we're talking about that we have done is really, really cool. It's super unique. It's really fun. This isn't just bland, boring stuff. And I get that you probably want to know what it is, and that's going to be unveiled. We're going to unveil that slowly. But it's it's more than just your standard things. They're really cool, unique items. With our logos and our and our, we'll, we'll sign and personalize everything. It's really really cool, and uh, it, we really appreciate all the love you give us. We're trying to give all that love back in merchandise form, yeah. and uh, you know, and 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 quite frankly, that's going to help grow the show. Not only mm-hmm. with the server space and things like that 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 you guys help provide us, but also if you if you if you show these items that you have out, maybe someone sees it, someone starts listening to the show because of that. 
2015 was a great year for our show. We, we've grown leaps and bounds over the last... We've been doing this show for three years now, guys. Mm-hmm. And it's grown, I mean, immeasurably Ridiculous. since we started. Yeah. We were doing the show essentially for like our moms, and my mom's dead. We were doing the show for our moms <laughs> at the beginning. And now... And, and she... Big fan, though. Not a joke, and, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, but... Ever since then, I mean, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners, and uh, you know, we see our we're aware of like our rankings now on iTunes and all that stuff, and we're so thrilled. And we don't understand it, and we don't, <laughs> we don't yeah. get yeah. we don't get it, but we're so thankful for it. And we and and all of you, if, if you never donate a cent to the show, we get it. Okay, it's a podcast, and we're so appreciative of the fact that you listen, that you tell a friend that you listen, and that's so, we're we're mm. super thankful. But remember, this show costs us money. And the, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not making the big bucks doing the podcast. We all have other jobs, and this is a this is a hobby that we put out there. We go see all these movies, and we go, you know, we pay for this website, we pay for the service space to host our website, and we give up hours and hours and hours of our week to do it, do the show. Which, by the way, we're happy to do. Uh, is the show going to stop if you don't donate? No, it's not. We love doing the show. We do it because we like to talk to each other every week, but. We we think we put a ton of content out there for you guys, and if we can get that paid for, then everyone's happy. We're happy. Uh, we don't have to not only give up hours of a week, but money out of our own pocket. And and you guys are happy because you're going to get two uh, two shows a week, you know, or at least a consistent show every week. Some weeks you're going to get three or four shows a week, and we're more than thrilled to do it. But uh, but you know, it costs money every time. So that's it. Ten fifty, one hundred fifty. And 250 are the tiers, and uh, any number in between as well. And you can don't. And the place to do this, mind you, is madaboutmoviespodcast.com. There's a button in the middle of the homepage. It says donate, and there's one on the sidebar as well. Um, and uh, very simple, very safe. So this is the only time this year we will be discussing this. Thank you for being patient with us and hearing us out and for supporting the show. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let. But we do have a few notes of movie news to get to before we talk Making a Murderer, fellas. It's been too long since we've talked movie news. I feel like it's been months, honestly, with all the Oscar movies we've been talking, hadn't talked much movie news. Uh, So there are a few notes I want to hit very quickly. Uh, The first of those being Elizabeth Banks is playing the villain in Power Rangers. So we can do 30 minutes on that or 40 or <laughs> I've got a, solid, got a lot of power like, Rangers based thoughts. on my outline right yeah. here. I think I have a good two and a half hours. Okay. But I can cut that down if you need me to. <laughs> I um, kind of can't believe we're getting a power Rangers. Movie I, don't, I can't either. Um, like, don't worry. Well, let's just hope anything. the lead doesn't murder his roommate in 20 years and we're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jim and the holograms is proof that anything that has even the smallest fan base, they'll try to throw out there. And just get that capitalized off that fan base. So believe it or not, um, there are still uh, Power Rangers fans out there who will see a probably PG-13 violent Power Rangers movie. <laughs> and um, I personally don't think it's necessary. Like people will say, well, they're ruined Ninja Turtles. But Ninja Turtles have always just been cartoony and fun and goofy. And I don't – Power Rangers just yeah. hasn't been in the public's – Persona. I mean, they're not icon as iconic as the as the Ninja Turtles. I don't feel like. I don't know. It just didn't feel necessary whatsoever, um, and feels desperate. But Elizabeth Banks is a very respectable actress, and she might have seen the script and like liked it. Or I don't. Maybe the payday was huge. I, what What do we make of it? 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's a strange career choice for her because there's no even if this is a even if it's a fun movie, it's going to be really goofy and ridiculous and over the top. And not that she can't do that sort of thing, but it's going to be hard to take this movie any kind of serious. I think so. I would prefer her not do this. <laughs> like she could be. I feel like her time is better used elsewhere. But you know, got to get paid too. So Seth Rogen, Bill Hader, and Zach Galifianakis have signed on to a film uh, very recently called The Something. And this film uh, follows a crew of astronauts who have been stuck in space and eventually come across another spaceship in the middle of space. So okay, could be interesting. Yeah. That I'm news in based broke on today. The cast, that's yeah. fresh, fresh, fresh movie news here yeah, that's on the show. Right. And uh, the SAG Awards were this past weekend. Mm. And uh, Leo won Best Actor, which looks like he's headed yeah, that's, straight for the Oscar at this point. It's a lock, yeah. And lock. Um, so thoughts on that? Finally, I guess. I, yeah, I think that's a lock. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think anybody else in that category should even show. Think up. about how long Leo has been thinking of this Oscar speech. <laughs> like how many he's prepared over the years and just thought about yeah. it and just. I, I could. I'm convinced it will be the greatest Oscar speech of all time. It'll get a standing ovation for like seven minutes, and they you won't just play him off. Bring up a ton of the uh, models that he's been hanging out with to help him get over all yeah. of these losses over the years, and just. <laughs> Just kind of look from left to right, drop the mic. Then it pans out to the, the crowd. Then it pans to the crowd. There's a single person going to be a standing ovation. It's Derek Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> knowing nod from Clooney, you know. Yeah. yeah. The knowing nod from Jeter and Clooney just, yeah, good for you, man. <laughs> you did it. That is crazy. I, I'm excited to see what happens in the Oscars. They're coming up fairly yeah. soon. We're going to have to do our fourth annual Oscars episode. Can you believe yeah. that'll be a fourth one? It's one of my favorite days of the year with you gentlemen. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I love it. you. I love you. That's um, the opposite for me. I, I detest you guys, especially in the middle of the night. It's not up to hang out, to talk to you guys. You know, you understand, right? Yeah, I got you. I understand. I do. Um, but that's really all I had for movie news. Um, other than Tom Hanks was voted America's Favorite movie star. For uh, the 9,000th cool. 9, year, year in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um, He'll never Elba. relinquish that title. When he dies, someone else can take over. That's that's it. So Idris Elba also won a SAG for supporting actor. So good to see him get some um, recognition. Also, RIP David Bowie. Um, we haven't yeah. mentioned that on the show. Huge fan. And um, he'll be missed. But news came out last week that Peter Jackson auditioned him for Elrond and turned him down and now he feels it's obviously a huge story like I mean after somebody passes you can it obviously is weird like yeah probably wasn't the right choice you know like yeah and he's getting all this crap for not casting him as Elrond that would have been awesome Hugo Weaving did a great job just yeah that would have been awesome David Bowie as a in the Lord of the Rings I would have putting that up Uh, but rest in peace uh David Bowie yeah. And Alan Rickman too. I don't and think Alan Rickman talked well. about yes. Alan Rickman. That was that was tough as well. This has been a tough uh, tough month for people that we like and they're famous. Yeah, I think both of those guys should they be born in the uh, the chosen continent of uh, <laughs> Australia, <North> America, <laughs> right. would be uh, would be American treasures. But yeah. unfortunately, they're from uh, lesser continents, which is <laughs> not their fault. But uh, 
But one uh, one day we'll open up the uh, European Treasure Wing of the American Treasure Hall of Fame. Uh, that's, that has a different name. That's just called the Dirks. The Dirks, you know. exactly. We got to wait till he's eligible. So maybe when he retires and we, instead of killing ourselves like Richard and I <laughs> promised to do for the last few years, our suicide pact, uh, maybe we just at that point open up a new wing or something. Yeah, that would so, probably be better for my son, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, debatable. But okay. <laughs> So a couple of Star Wars notes uh, mm. to end movie news. Uh, the first of being uh, that the next Star Wars films will be shot on film. Oh. So that's uh, that. the first one. Uh, episode 7 was shot on film, so no surprise that they're staying with that uh, direction. Good. So good for them. And also Colin Trevorrow wants to shoot <laughs> it in space and just keep proves that he's a crazy person. And it will be the worst one. Like, guys, the, the third one's always the worst in the trilogy. Like, we know this already. Like, well, just... not in the prequel trilogy. It was the best, I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, it couldn't have gotten much worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. like let's be real. Also true. Also Name true. a trilogy where, the like, Aliens, Back to the Future. Um, God, I don't now know. Lord of the Rings was me. pretty good. Lord of the Rings 3 was me. pretty good. Now you, now you see, see me. Three. Now you see me 3, which one. I have leaked the screenplay, and it is awesome. <laughs> Doug yeah. Elon did an incredible job with that. Guess exactly. what, guys? Guess what it's called? Oh, now no. you don't? No, it's called The Third Act. Get it? Oh, mm. it I thought it was going to be Now You Three I, Me. What? Huh? I, <laughs> that's already a porno. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, uh, I stopped. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, the, um, I stopped reading. I didn't get stuttered because I, I stopped reading after our cameo. Yeah, <laughs> which is... <laughs> and I feel like they wrote me pretty well. Like, And I'm fired up to, to film yeah. that in a few months. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. Well, um, magic cardigan you're wearing is spot on. (laughs) Well, let's get into uh, making a murderer talk, fellas. So this is a little bit overdue, and I must apologize for that. Um, but there's been so many Oscar movies. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't often get to talk. It's not on us. It's not on us. There's a billion movies we had to see. We don't often get to talk um, Netflix movies or documentaries. So well, we did, uh, we did the six-hour Ridiculous Six episode. <laughs> must have missed that one conveniently. You were out for that one. It was just me and Brian and uh, Leonard Malton. And <laughs> we, we all liked it. 
we were all big A plus from all of us, so you should definitely check it out. I will. I, I, me and Leonard are pretty much the same person when it comes to film criticism. So I'll I'll take anything he says um, by to heart. So this is a little bit overdue, but some people are just not getting to it, and I think the conversation's still ongoing. Did you guys see this right away, or was it a later to the game kind of thing for you? I think I watched it the week after Christmas, so it was. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit behind because I and but my wife and I watched it together and it was a this has to go up to the top of our to watch list because it's going to get ruined for me if if we don't like Twitter was so abuzz with all form of spoiler and discussion and whatnot. And I was like, we've got we've got to knock this out right now because I I don't want it to be ruined. Everyone said it, but it needs to be said. You see the first one and you probably will want to watch the next one and then the next one. It's hard to put down. Mm-hmm. Um, very much in the same vein that Serial, the podcast, was. Yeah. What was so great about Serial was the fact that it was a new one every week, so you had to wait. That mm-hmm. was the uh, the thing, because you talk yeah. about everyone, and everyone kind of discussed the this week's previous episode. But when you, when you put it all uh, on there, able to uh, binge watch, mm-hmm. it's a whole separate thing. And, yeah, I, I probably did two sittings through it, probably the first half and the second half. People will criticize this for being too long, too boring, and uh, any other adjective you could use uh, similar to that. But I think it's the opposite. I mean, I I prefer things like this to be as drawn out as possible. I want every single detail. Like, there's even stuff in this, um, and this is 10 hours, you know, and there's stuff in this that I wish they had gone more in depth into. I don't know if that's weird or if I'm a crazy person, but... Um, I could have, I could have done more of this. I could have done a a part two or, um, from the, uh, you know, most of this is told from the, the, uh, perspective of the defense. I would have liked to seen the prosecutor more, um, the judge more. Um, but man, I, I, I ate this up. I, I love this kind of stuff. We talked to jinx last year, really enjoyed the jinx. Um, I'm going to give my full judgment on comparing the two later in, in, in this, um, later in this discussion, but very similar, but also more drawn out than the Jinx was, and I appreciated that. Um, but what, what did you think, Richard? I'm um, you know, kind of the opposite on you on this. I have uh, a, a large amount of interest uh, in this world, um, but among them is not kind of whodunits in terms of like if – I have so many dear friends. I, I happen to be dating one of them. You know, If they see a, a, a dateline or a 2020 or a 48 hours – um, airing that's a stop down for them, kind of murder mystery uh, type thing. For me, um, I'd 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 rather watch almost anything else, and I'm not much of a, uh, a murder a murder mystery guy. I, wa- I listened to Serial last year because it was such a phenomenon, and I I'm a podcaster, so it was it was important to support the medium, and I I have certain things, but honestly, unless um unless former um, Heisman winning running backs are involved, there's not too many trials. <laughs> Uh, that that interests me, and I'm of course talking about uh, the uh, the Ron Dane trial. Uh, He's the Hamburglar. It's weird. It was, yeah, it was a it was a speeding ticket, uh, but I was locked in. Um, but uh, no, but I'm not a big trial guy on this kind of stuff. It, it seems like something I'd be into if I were to follow the, the kind of the Richard Barton mythos, but uh, but I'm not. 
you know, I saw this kind of go viral and, and go crazy, and I, I really wanted it to pass over because when things get big, I immediately think, oh, God, I'm going to have to watch that. We're going to have to do an episode on that. There goes, you know, 14 hours of my life. Some things pass and then some things don't. This didn't pass. So I, I as I mentioned, the uh, the person who I'm related to by dating uh, really wanted to watch it. So I, I watched with her and, and found myself very – I think it's a very well-made uh, piece of work, much like Serial. Um, do I think it's a little biased towards the defense? Yes. Do I think it's incorrect? Uh, no, not necessarily. You know, um, Like you said, Ken, I think there's certainly more work that could have been done or more time spent with the prosecution. But if they don't grant that, then you know what can you do as a documentarian? You can only present uh, the side of the case or the side of the story that, that you can present. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was um, produced by a, a production company and sold to Netflix because yeah. a lot of this is in real time. Like yeah. They're making the documentary while the, while the trial was going on. And a lot of it is from, you know, archive footage from news stations, too. I was blown away how much footage they had. Absolutely. I could not believe As that. I, uh, I found myself far more interested in that. Uh, but that's my fault. That's not a, uh, that's not a fault of the material. Uh, it's very interesting. Very, um, it's, it's, it might be among the most frustrating things I've ever watched because, as we'll get into in detail in a yes. moment, there are things that are, are totally maddening and make you detest certain things, uh, maybe in this country or the, in, this, in the justice system. That, uh, and, and, that's, and that's probably the reason I stay away from this stuff. I have an odd phobia. People always ask me, do you, do you, watch, uh, do you watch Orange is... I don't know if I've talked about this on the show. You guys know of a lot of my phobias. Um, but People always ask me, do you watch Orange is the New Black? I, uh, uh, amongst the woods, right along with the woods, I, I have kind of a prison phobia because I, I just don't care about stuff that happens in prisons. I don't like prisons, and but I love the prison escape. I don't that's like the, any, that's type the... of, any type of drama or anything set in a prison I'm out on um, because, um, especially when they're in a certain type of subgenre of the wrongfully accused, because I have about... Uh, between three to six nightmares a week that I'm wrongfully accused of a crime and I have to go to jail and I honestly didn't do it. And I wake up in a cold sweat pretty much every morning at about 3.30 a.m. And then I get on Twitter and calm myself down. And it's a weird kind of um, nutty thing I have that uh, so so I try to avoid things that that so things that are about the wrongfully accused um drive me insane and uh really it's it's my worst fear yeah uh, aside from like cedar trees um so or what what are what are in woods are they oaks or cedars or just trees in the woods sure just trees. biggest fear second biggest fear um um you know being wrongfully accused of a crime so that's a long-winded way of saying this was not up my alley but i i did enjoy it and i think it's extremely well made and i think it's an important thing for people to watch i really do Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm. Um, I enjoy this kind of unfolding of true crime. Like, I don't. My wife loves Dateline and 2020 I love and those all that too. kind of I stuff. Love, I, I, I can't watch those because they, they do a <laughs> South Park episode on it. Like, yeah. you get obsessed with them. Like, yeah. I, but any Fargo is my favorite movie of all time. So I love this right. kind of story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 
so she, I mean, she would be the type that's like, if we're watching something on the DVR and, you know, you catch three minutes of whatever comes after it and it's 2020 and they're going, she will get, she will get completely wrapped up into it in that 90 seconds that we have to watch what's happening on in the next. And then she's really disappointed when we don't actually have that episode because we don't tape 2020 uh, or record it, I guess. Um, but serial, I love Serial and I love the format. I like long form just in general. Serial, the jinx, making a murderer, that kind of thing. Um, I think we're all fans of long form interview and long form storytelling and all that kind of thing. And so that really uh, piqued my interest quite a bit. This one, I think it started – I was really, really locked in for the first maybe eight episodes – and after, I think it just, for me, you, you said, can't you, you could have done more episodes of this. I kind of wanted this to be eight episodes. I was a little, not necessarily done, but I was I, uh, fatigued with it after eight episodes. I, I felt like the last episode especially was really, really dragged out. And like almost everything that happened in the last episode could have been summarized with um, like, credit scenes you know or something like that yeah, and, i the- yeah i i agree with that um i will to that point add to it and say i think the first episode could have been the first scene or the first 20 minutes of the first Agreed. episode the fact Agreed. that he was wrongfully yeah. accused of the crime yeah. in the first Agreed. place yeah. uh that definitely could have been a shorter thing and and they don't did not do a very good job of teasing the mm-hmm. fact that he gets framed for murder uh after the in the first episode at the end because you watch that and you're kind of like, what? Yeah. For making a murder. What is, what am I, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then it really gets into a groove. But, you yeah. know, I, I talked to people at my work today who, who said the same thing that after, you know, after the first episode, they just didn't get hooked by that first episode. And I can understand that. Um, yeah. They could have done a better job of, of doing that. I, by the second episode, I was totally locked in. And it was, mm-hmm. me too. You know, this is something <laughs> being wrong. I don't have uh, nightmares about it, but the at least once a week I read some article about uh, some horrible miscarriage of justice or somebody going to jail for something they didn't do or some just ridiculous, ridiculous story that's just basically closet racism and, you know, things like that. And I get re- it's my blood boiling more than almost any other subject. And so. I spent the first four episodes probably just being ticked the whole time. I was just like, I can't believe that this happened. And of course I can't believe it because I see it. This is America. What do you mean you can't believe it? it All the time. But it's so rarely presented in this sort of a way. And yes, like this is very slanted towards Steve Avery. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the documentary does a, a really good job of presenting a, an unbiased or even a balanced, um, presentation of what's uh, of the facts, yeah. you know, but at the same time, that's partly because this guy did not at least the first time around and we'll talk about the second one in, in a minute, but at least the first time around, he did not get anything kind of close to a fair or balanced uh, trial. You know, I mean, it was one of the greatest miscarriages of justice that I think you could ever possibly see unfold. And it's done. It's it, it unfolds in such great detail where every step along the line you say good grief like how did they screw this up so so badly and um you know that first his first trial <laughs> you know a serial i listened to serial and i i really loved it and i was i binged i think i started listening 
one or two episodes before it finished. So I binged eight or nine or ten episodes straight, and I did so in about a day. And um, I'm still not convinced. I don't want to spoil that. So if you haven't listened to the season one of Serial, I, I don't know. Tune out. I, 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 there's no spoiler. I thought they – Left it open ended at the end. I did of too. It. And that, that's, that's that was the complaint about it. Is well, that and I'm still here's my thought with you. I'm still not, I don't know if, uh, what's the guy's name? Ad- Adnan. Adnan Syed, yeah. I kind of think he did it, but I don't think that he should have been convicted, if that makes sense. Like, it, it, I don't think there was anywhere near sufficient evidence to convict him on that charge. That said, I don't know that he's innocent. With this time around, <laughs> that first trial, it just seems so – and I didn't know what the story was going to be, and I'm doing everything I can to avoid spoilers. But you see – you know he got convicted, and you're just going through – like there's no possible way that he that, – that this is a real – that he did this. And um, I could not – I was just so ticked off at, at our justice system as I typically get in this this sort of thing. And then it just – kind of gets worse because even the second go around similar to the serial i'm not so sure that he didn't kill that girl but good grief the the uh uh investigation into his into the murder and the the prosecution afterwards is so ridiculous and awful and i just it did give me kind of the richard feeling of like what geez like you could seriously go to jail and not have any clue you know what even happened you know and it was gosh it's just it's terrifying and maddening and um i don't know man what what do we do you guys want to jump into like what do you guys think he's he's guilty on the second uh, we, we can talk about some other okay other things right. before Give us we details, but i want to get to the point here stuff. yeah uh i mean just the way it's presented is i mean like i said it's it's chronological it's drawn out um there's not much narration there's you know in um uh, in the Jinx, the directors kind of take you through the story. This, like, I mean, I guess the closest thing is the prosecution. I mean, is the defense are the defense attorneys. It is one sided, but I mean, there's it does kind of leave it open ended, in my opinion. Don't you? Um, the Jinx production value wise was far superior to this. I think this is just more of an observational, totally. yeah. observational thing, and it's definitely a. Uh, you know, a big undertaking, uh, for anyone to do. Um, it takes a commitment to watch this thing. Um, but it raises a lot of questions to me. And and there's so many reveals in this, you know, that, you know, at the end of an episode, they'll, they'll tease or something or do a little reveal or cliffhanger. And, but there's so many of them in, you know, I guess that's what you want in a crime documentary or story is just more twists, you know, just like, Oh no, you know, and this had several of those, but one one thing I didn't agree with from a directorial standpoint was the fact that they show Brendan Dassey doing the drawing, and they show that whole interrogation sequence basically uncut in like the yeah. second episode. Yeah, and that would have been the biggest oh my gosh moment of the entire case had they shown that, and you know when they showed the uh, when they showed the court it. You know, it was kind of one of those things where the audience knows, but, you know, the people doing the court don't know kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we know kind of to resent um, the person who who was giving him his interrogation. I mean, that would have been the biggest reveal possible, in my opinion, is to drop that bomb in the second to last episode. You yeah. know, that, oh, my gosh, he could have maybe been influenced to do this drawing and, and confess that in the first place. Maybe he was lying. 
Um, so man, I, that kind of bummed me out. Like when it yeah. happened, I was kind of like, so how are there nine more episodes? You know? Yeah, no, uh, I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. I think it's not the greatest structure for a documentary series that it has the right works. elements. Like they're all there, but it's just, they didn't use them correctly. If that makes sense. Right. In some I totally areas. Yeah. Uh, and that's just one of them. But like if I was making a documentary series tomorrow and I, and then somebody said, you, here's all the money you need, go hire anybody you want. These people would not be at the top of my list. Let's put it. Is that fair to say? Like, I, I think they did a fine job, but I don't think that, I think they could have gotten a lot more out of the material that they had. Not that this isn't really good and engaging. It's just, I think the story is really good and engaging and the, the conflict and the people and whatnot I I think there are better ways that this could have been structural. He, totally agree. He, wow, Stephen Stephen Avery. Uh, <laughs> could it be possible? Could this guy honestly be the most unlucky person alive? I mean, that's the question that's raised several times here. Is it possible that Stephen Avery is just that unlucky? Is it possible that he didn't do this and that it's just merely circumstantial? Uh, the evidence. Yes, it's entirely possible because it happened once already to right. him. Um, yeah. So that, you know, <laughs> uh, is it possible that we could wrongly convict this guy for that? Yes, of, of course it is because we've done it <laughs> yeah. before. The same court yeah. system did it. Yes. Um, the same police force The same did it. people, the exact uh, yeah. same people. And it, it, it's, yeah. That were um, pissed at him for making them look like fools. It is unbelievable so. the 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 fact that that can happen, that you go back to the same court. As if at, at that point on a state level, they don't step in or a, even a national level step in. If you've mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. wrongly convicted of a crime for over X 10 years or so yeah. that the, your second trial, maybe if you appeal or sue them after the fact has to be in a, at a different level, because that, I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way he could win that. Is there, I mean, given the forces, uh, every person in that courtroom was against they have him. an axe to grind. Yeah, like there's there's a reason why they would want him to be found guilty, or they would want him to go to jail, or whatever. It's and it's not even because of money. You know, he was suing yeah. for like thirty million dollars or something. Yeah. Uh, it's not even that. It's just the fact that they say we were right all along. This guy was a scumbag. He should have been in jail the entire time. You know, kind of a thing. Rather than, oh my gosh, we messed up the first time. Um, we can't mess up again. Basically, I, I, yeah. does that make sense? I don't know. It's just, it was so frustrating. I mean, every person is against them and the cops, the people that found the evidence to begin with or searched the the place Mm -hmm. and the discoveries that are made there with the finding the blood and the key and the, I mean, it's just, there's so many elements to dissect here. Um, I guess we could start with the fact that this happened at his property. Is that merely circumstantial? He, he, the fact that, I mean, he had an auto salvage yard. I think that lady probably frequented that place a lot just because of her work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that could merely be circumstantial. And, you know, maybe somebody knew she was going to be there, waited for her, mm-hmm. um, any number of things. But the story that's told is the fact that she came over to this place to take a picture of his car. Then he raped her and murdered her with his nephew. That's that's the story. Yeah. Um, his his defense is... Zoom has an IQ of, like... You know, 11 or something. Yes. His defense is, um, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. Um, it, it happened on my property. Somebody knew, somebody planted her there because they wanted me to get arrested for this, you know, basically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we basically get eight hours on that. But, I mean, 
The fact that she was burned on his property is suspicious. The fact that her car was found on his property is suspicious. The fact that um, there was blood, his blood found, it's Stephen Avery's, Stephen Avery's blood, found in her car, mm-hmm. and uh, her car key found in his room. Right. And also they get a deposition from the uh, the nephew confirming all of this, or basically wrote out a, you know wrote out the the drawing and everything. Um, what's your opinion on all this? I I think as far as the cars go, I mean obviously they were going to stash her car on his property. If, if in fact somebody was, were to do this, that would be the most obvious place they would put the car. Um, I don't think Stephen Avery, and I might be wrong because I don't know the, the man. I don't think anybody is dumb enough to murder somebody and then stash their car on their own property. Um, yeah. Does that mean, I don't, I just don't see the logic there. It's a really weird, uh, it's a really weird case. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I think his biggest issue, his biggest mistake out of all this is staying in the same area to begin with. Just once you get out, go to California, go somewhere else. Just get out of that area, especially while you have a lawsuit pending against these people and in a a fairly small town. I think the question is, was he stupid enough to do this stuff or, or did he get completely framed or is it that years in prison took someone who's really not I don't think you could I don't think anyone would ever claim that Stephen Avery was highly intelligent to begin with does what did he serve the first time 18 years something like that is does 18 years in prison 18 years 18 years (laughs) one of your kids got you for 18 18 years years. (laughs) does 18 years take somebody who isn't super bright can that turn him into the type of person who a would commit a murder and b would do so in such a stupid brazen fashion. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Wouldn't you if you were him? I. I mean, again, we don't know this person. We don't. I mean, they don't do a very good job, honestly, of telling us who Stephen Avery is, other than mm-hmm. he was convicted. Uh, I don't know if he. I mean, if if it's me, you don't want to go back to prison. Why would you mm-hmm. murder somebody? I just don't see the motivation of doing it. Um, it's not like this was an ex-girlfriend or a wife or a relative. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I'm trying to think of, of, of a reason he would have murdered her other than the fact that they say he raped her and maybe the murder happened in the rape cause she was resi- resisting or you don't mm-hmm. any number yeah. of ways. Um, so that's kind of weird. Um, that's, that's a little suspicious, but the, yeah. fact, the fact that it, she maybe was murdered in his, house as well and there was no blood found in the house no sign of a murder i I would assume if you slit someone's throat it's not an easy like let me just go get some windex kind of thing Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. especially for somebody it's it's you know yes richard knows (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it i I mean it just seemed like in if Stephen Avery is as inept as they're trying to make him out to be, yeah. would he even be able to clean up that much? Surely right. he would I, have left something behind of her DNA. Or you I know. think that's one of the biggest holes in the in the prosecution is that like you're asking us the the hypothetical jury, really the audience, but in this case, you're you're telling the jury that this person is stupid enough to kill somebody in his own house. When 
he knows that some that other people know that she's coming to his house because mm-hmm. he's seen her multiple times and he's going to also get his cousin or his nephew excuse me involved and it's not like he lives out in the woods somewhere like there's at least 15 other people that live in the same on the same property um you're asking them to believe that he is stupid enough to do that and that then he would then turn around hide her car on his own property, burn her body on his own property. So he's stupid enough to do all that stuff, but he's also smart enough to clean it up and to to clean it up so well that there's not one yeah. trace. Forensic investigator. Forensic, even, yeah. yes. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> add up. I, the whole thing is weird. I still kind of feel like I'm, I feel like I'm about 50-50 on did he do it or did he not do it? And I, I just, I don't know. And I don't feel like, uh, I don't I mean, feel like I think this... mission accomplished from a filmmaker standpoint. Yeah, I guess, yeah. If that's your they're goal. Not, they're not giving us any answers, and and they don't have any answers, and so I I get that. But it, I came out kind of feeling a little fifty fifty. But it's a really terrible case, and that that to me is still the most shocking aspect of of twice, regardless of whether he did it or not. He got convicted on really crappy evidence that makes absolutely no sense, and the entire justice system has just towed the line on it from from minute one. <laughs> you know, I can we talk about King Kratz? Because that I feel like that's like the biggest yeah. issue with this whole thing. Yeah. Like that's the worst human I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and the the smugness with which he I can't believe that a He's the guy, he's he's um He's the boss's. He's the boss on the Incredibles. Who's that guy? The uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, dead on. The, uh, yeah, Wallace Sean uh, plays Jason. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's just shocking to me that a a person of his standing and education would on Nash on on television on live television say, I mean, if we'd wanted to murder him, we could have. You know, like it would have been way easier to just murder this guy than it would than it is to to frame him. Like. Who says that? Who says that when you are of that station and have you have that kind of uh, authority and power and you're live on television? I just could not. And that's <laughs> he just keeps following that up back back and forth of just awful statements and uh, and and combine that with clearly corrupt police. Regard again, regardless of whether Stephen Avery did this or not, the second murder clearly clearly the police broke protocol over and over yep. and over again yep. and uh and still still he's in jail so that's where i come out with it's the same as as the adnan case for me like i actually kind of think adnan did murder uh haley but I, there's no way that if you would have put me on a jury i could have i could have in good conscience said yep here's the evidence that says that he did like maybe it's a feeling but that's not that's not enough to convict somebody for murder and send them to jail for life. And I think that's the case. Yeah, I, I, I just think in, on the point I made earlier about the prosecution, the lack of prosecution um, in this is I just don't think – I mean you tell the side of the story about the prosecution. It's just not an interesting story. Like the interesting story is the defense always. It's right, always like, right, right. Well, maybe yeah. he didn't do it, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and that, I mean that's what we get here. But I mean there's, yeah. there's several several pieces of evidence – in favor of the defense. Um, yes. They, and the, they, and the they, judge restricted almost all of it. It uh-huh. seemed like. And um, one of those being the blood. Um, mm-hmm. What are your, yeah. what's your opinion on the 
planted blood. The argument is, or the case is, there was a vial of Stephen Avery's blood in the police database because of his his past, um, and the police, um, right. the defense, they went through his file and they noticed that there was a prick or a spot on the top of the vial mm-hmm. where somebody had stuck a syringe in. Yeah, and, and the, the whole case was had been opened. Like clearly, somebody right. had messed with so, it. Somebody and, had messed with it, and yeah. and the fact that it was hit with a syringe was proof that obviously not a medical professional used it because that's not how you handle right. Bull, you don't yeah. do it that way, apparently. So that has um, to be thrown out of court at that point. Like right. the, it, you, it has to be declared a mistrial at that point. And I right. don't like I'm not a lawyer or a judge or anything like that. So what do I know? But at that point, you the judge has to declare that a mistrial. You can't. I don't know how you can move forward if there's any suspicion that somebody tampered with this evidence. And you can't. I just I can't believe that at that point. I thought what we were going to get was that we were, it was going to get declared a mistrial, and then on the you know the second go around they'd avoid that and be able to to figure out a way to to get him or something like that. But. I just couldn't believe that the judge was like, eh, whatever, you know, <laughs> I just good grief. Yeah. Good yeah. grief. What is your, Richard, what do you think about the, the planted blood? Is planted or non? Definitely tampered with. Um, yeah. Whether or not they planted is, I mean, I don't, in my, Brian, like your gut with Adnan Syed, it's like, do I think they planted? Yes, absolutely. Do I have enough do- evidence in this documentary to right. say they did? Right. No. No, I don't. Um, but uh, definitely still weird, right? Like super bizarre and super um, super unconvictable behavior when when your prosecution or people within that prosecution are, are acting in such a way. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a super um, super kind of you know you grow up. You know the the thing I always say, Brian. I know I've said this to you. I may have said to you before, Ken, is you. You grow up as a kid and you think, gosh, you know, adults really have their, their stuff together. And then <laughs> yeah. you become an adult and you realize that everyone's kind of just making it up as they go. And, you know, that also goes for law enforcement and the criminal defense system oftentimes. And that's uh, super terrifying and super um, sad. And uh, whether or not this person committed this crime, you know, this is a country where um, reasonable doubt thankfully exists or I, I probably wouldn't be here doing this podcast. And... um that's a murder joke for you guys. And uh and and I think <laughs> Classy and timely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tie it all together. That's why they call me a pro. Um But uh, you know, it is it is this this whole you know, just like with, with serial, right? I mean this this kind of uh narrative or this national movement of like, hey, there's a lot of uh, people that hey may have committed crimes, but they should not have been convicted. Is is a kind of an interesting uh, yeah. uh, movement amongst uh, American pop culture. This certainly fits into that because of um, I don't know everything the prosecution did from beginning to end. <laughs> yes, yes. At, at some point, like I'm, uh, I'm a person who uh, I, I'm a. I guess I'm a, I, I would say I'm a supporter of uh, of the police, and I think 99 percent of uh, police officers. T shirt on that. <laughs> yeah, I think 99 percent of law enforcement officers are are just men and women who are who are doing their best, trying to do a very difficult job, and uh, and this is 
this is one case where it's like you kept expecting surely somewhere in here there's one cop who was trying to do his job the right way and you're you get to the end of this 10 episodes and you're like nope not a single one like <laughs> yeah. every single one of these dudes is on the take and it's just it is mind-blowing what they were able to get away with it's yeah amazing i think the biggest question other than the blood the blood is pretty black and white like I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that to me, that is planted. Um, but the, the other is the key. Um, yeah, <laughs> they spend so much time on this key. Yeah. Um, the fact that it fell, like he adjusted the, uh, he adjusted the, it's not even planted the, well. Like, yeah. gosh, you can't even, I, I don't he, know. I feel like I could plant evidence better than that. It it's fell just out from amazing. behind the, yeah, it's the incompetence more than the evil. He said it fell, it fell out from yeah. behind the nightstand, but then why was it next to the nightstand? Right. I don't know. And, yeah. and, um, that was just kind of fuzzy and yeah. it made no sense at all. And like the, the biggest thing, and this has come out in the recent days is a lot of people are digging a lot into this, but there's a photograph of Teresa and she's actually holding the keys. Yeah. And if you like zoom in, she got a full keychain. Like no one carries their car key like on one key. That's mm. kind of a weird thing as well. So I don't know. If yeah, you've got to find somebody's keys, you don't find the a key. I don't I don't know. No. Unless, it's, uh, I don't know. It is bad. You know what the worst thing about being wrongfully accused is? It's cause every few years you see a story about uh you know, some some uh you know, it's like you know, in rural Mississippi, some African American man was convicted of uh, a rape and murder of someone, right. and he was actually living in like uh, you know Duluth, Minnesota at the time. Um, but they convict him uh, because he happened to like wander into town within six months of this rape and murder, right. and then they're like, you know, twenty. This guy's in prison for like twenty-seven years, and they do the DNA test and some other tests. Like, oh yeah, you were in Duluth running your uh, pediatric <laughs> practice at the time. And then they let him go, and they're like, "Our bad, sorry." Yeah. That's like it. There's, like, there's twenty seven thousand dollars a year <laughs> that you were in jail. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's like that is the most maddening part is when they admit they screw up. It's not even like, "Oh my god, we ruined your life." I feel awful. I'm gonna commit harikari. It's just like. Eh. <laughs> You win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Tough break, kid. Slap on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just lost an intramural basketball game or something. Yeah. Exactly. That's the horrifying part of this yeah. stuff, and it yeah. drives me nuts. Yeah. Just glad, I'm just glad I don't live in a time in 1950 when <laughs> there was no DNA, like, research. Oh, like, now, now they just, like, that's, like, yeah, the first can, thing they do. You have the same eyebrows. <laughs> this lady said he had big eyebrows, and you've got big eyebrows, so guess what? Guess yeah. who's in prison forever? Yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it yeah. happens. I think the most, for me, the most egregious aspect of this entire charade was the way, <laughs> was the Brendan Dassey thing of horribly, horribly, a horrible miscarriage of justice in the way that they interrogated him and essentially tricked him into whether he saw anything or not, making, totally making up complete lies about Stephen Avery and that then that was presented in court and everybody was like, yeah, this guy's retarded, but we're just going to go with it anyway. And you can see all the stuff that I feel like everything that the defense brought in his favor, both for Brendan Dassey's trial and for, uh, for, for Stephen Avery's was so, so obvious of what, what was happening in that uh, interrogation room with that kid. And, and then everybody's just like, eh, okay, well, 
and the fact that's that the he way actually, we do we, law enforcement. Are you kidding yeah, me? Are yeah. you kidding me? You know, that's uh, horrible, horrifying to me more than almost. I really think more than anything else in this in this entire thing is just like we found this this simple kid who uh, whose IQ cannot be over 65 and that might be pushing it. And we we convinced him that he, he clearly he's just trying to make them happy with what he's what he's saying and he clearly doesn't know yeah he wants to go home for wrestlemania he just wants to go home yeah. don't we all it's, don't we all. it's just mind-boggling to me and, and can't give me a bell ring i'll be there <laughs> dude you're april me third bro <laughs> see you there should we should we do a, a live podcast i've already set up our tailgate i'm just start tailgating now for <laughs> <laughs> wrestlemania on april can april i get 3rd. a bell ring kent <laughs> yeah it's gonna be and by the way Richard, The Rock confirmed for WrestleMania. I know, at, dude. Don't at, worry. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. think I haven't noticed. Yeah. Brian just fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll be at home just reading a James Patterson. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to Brendan Dassey. <laughs> back to this horrible mischaracter. Uh, the fact that he actually stuff confessed. about the Undertaker. Let's go on to <laughs> fake stuff. The fact that you know who won't be he, at WrestleMania, Brendan Dassey. So <laughs> he's sworn testimony uh, in in uh, in court. And under oath, he swears that he made it all up, and they still don't buy it. Like yeah. what? I don't you know. That kind of thing happens. Somebody changes their tune once they get in this. But typically, there's well, you find a way around it if you're that, the, the fact that that girl in this case, was they're just like meh, and went in and convicted him anyway. And the girl was like bawling her eyes out about yeah. like lying, and like yeah. now the fact that she's in court because she lied like about a story. I mean, I mean right. or she says she lied anyway. I found that more convincing than his confession. The oh, fact that the girl was up there, like, yeah. scared, you know, like, shaking. Uh, if nothing else, Brendan Dassey should be released just based on his, his original lawyer who might be dumber than Brendan Dassey is. Like, that was the worst. If if I was up <laughs> against some kind of charge and that guy showed up to be my lawyer, and I couldn't believe that guy came on this this show and and was interviewed, like, if you're that dude, don't you duck your head and never show yeah. your face in public again? That's the worst. Pretty sure offense. I nailed it. You're welcome. Yeah, got him. <laughs> and with that stupid, goofy smile on his face, I just couldn't. Good grief. Good grief. Uh, it's just all this stuff. Just I just left every episode feeling angry because it's good. I mean, come it's on. Not the How do we, I, know. I know. The only no, this isn't happy fun time. I haven't made any jokes. I mean, you know. so I this angry since a ref since like the referee <laughs> convention and. <laughs> At uh, Southside, bro, or wherever that Wedgwood. <laughs> did you feel like he? Do you feel like I missed that call there? Yeah, I did. You know, I got hit a little bit. I got. I got. Well, you can go sit on the bench and die. <laughs> a little inside baseball there. One of they the craziest. One of the craziest things about this. I mean, not crazy, but something. It's an oversight. A lot is the fact that the the jury. Is the one who convicted him. You I know. know. I know. It's Somehow, not, like, none of these people, people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, that sounds like a sound case. Like, I turned, <laughs> I, if we have any listeners in the great state of Wisconsin, I, I'm not serious about this, but I turned to, to my wife about, I don't know, four episodes in and just said, is there one person in the state of Wisconsin who is smart? We have a player understand? on the Cowboys that's actually from that town. Oh, really? Uh, in Wisconsin, Nick Hayden. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, really well, weird. Mantua it it's Mantua County. Well yeah. That anybody, because every single person who shows up on camera in this in that town seems like 
they have no clue what's going on in life. It's just that guy that's like, Rogers! <laughs> Rogers! <laughs> this guy, top of check! Yeah, that guy? It's just, it's just that guy. He's, he was the entire jury. Oh, gosh. Wow. So, um, of course, they find him guilty. And the rest is, I mean, it's still, I guess, a debate. Um, because Anonymous and people are like, hacking into the databases to like find papers like yeah. yeah that's what we need to be concentrating on guys just not <laughs> not helping america with our defense uh but let's hack and let's let's make sure this guy i don't know it's just Cult- funny what cultural we touchstone, cultural yeah. yeah cultural the, the uh, pop culture will influence a lot of yeah. stuff but um still ongoing i guess uh, possible a second season of this show at some point yeah, um, I read today we'll that there his new lawyer is trying to push for a new test with some kind of technology that wasn't available last time that they were able to test, which was eight years ago, something like that. So they're trying to get some kind of test done again. I thought the most sobering moment of the whole show was when his lawyer, I think it was in the last episode, and, and one of his lawyers said something to the effect of, at this point, I hope that he's guilty because we're not going to be able yeah. to get him out. And yes. that was like a that was such a, a, a kick in the in the face kind of moment of sheesh. His own lawyer is, is starting to think not that he's doubting him, but just thinking, gosh, please let this guy be guilty because otherwise we have we have royally messed him over and, and that what a shame that would be. Oh, I agree. It's it's crazy. I mean the thing is called making a murderer. So I think the whole point of this whole point of all this is just like you take one side of an argument you can make anyone seem guilty of anything it mm-hmm. seems at at this point um evidence aside um yeah it's te- that's terrifying it's just, that's yeah. a terrifying notion people's motives is what really mm-hmm. determines it and yeah. um man i feel bad for Stephen avery not not only that he went to prison for 18 years but that he's in yeah, it again but- and there's still a debate um i think i think we deserve as a country for anyone that goes to prison, for there to be a definitive, yeah, at least stance on. And at the yeah, time, at the time, it doesn't matter, dude. We're spending like nine trillion on people putting people in prison, so uh, it costs like fifty grand per person to put in prison for a year. By the way, so yeah, uh, congratulations. Going to build the best prisons that are that cost ten cents. The most gorgeous prisons. <laughs> There's going to be a I big went to, I, went to, I went to Abu Dhabi. They have the most beautiful prisons in the world. <laughs> it made me sick. Um, it we, sucks because like it's unsatisfying. Like, and, and, yeah. and it, of course, it's satisfying Like after the trial. you know, Everyone was like, oh, good. He did it. You know, We can all move yeah. on. And then after right. this comes out, I bet every, it's just a yeah. bombshell. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh, what are, what are we even doing anymore? Uh, yeah. it's, it's crazy, but man what a what a fun watch it was i was all, i was on board i i really enjoyed myself yeah um, i enjoyed it i could have done with eight episodes instead of instead of 10 like if they could have taken away two episodes of this and added two episodes of the jinx it would have been perfect for both sides yeah 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 i think i i, I rank the jinx just a tad higher um yeah the jinx board. has that incredible i mean the, the production value i mean the that's the fact that the animation and the reenactments and the, all of it, I mean, it's just unbelievable the um, how expensive get, it probably was to produce. I mean, I'm, it's crazy. When you get to end on that versus what you have to end on with this, it, it's automatically just going to put people or put viewers in a place. It, it's going to bump it up a notch at least just because you get to end on this incredible high. On the jinx? 
Yeah, yeah. on the Jinx. This incredible, like, holy yeah. crap, what? Do, and then you're yeah. immediately researching and trying to figure out what's going on, all that kind of thing. It's just a yeah. little bit of a different, whereas this comes across, like, by the time you get to the end of making them, or at least for me, I was just like, well, now I'm super bummed out, and I don't know what to do with that, you know? But I know there's yep. a ton of people out there researching and Reddit boarding and all that kind of stuff. I hope it, uh, I hope we uh, come to a definitive conclusion at some point, or there's at least yeah. if he did it, I want to know if, for sure yeah. that he did. That's all I want. I mean, if he yeah. did it, then well, good. He's in prison, but I mean, yeah, yeah. we'll see. At the, you, you want like some prosecutor to be like, okay, we're gonna we're, <laughs> if you will tell us ex- really what happened, we will put you in the the cushiest prison of all time for the rest of your life. Something like that, just so we can know what happened for real. I I just hate the phrase. We need to trust the courts. You know, just like let yeah, the courts yeah. decide. Like, yeah. no, a lot of people are free people that are horrible, horrible people that got off on things they should have gotten off of on, and uh, people are in prison for things they should have never gone to prison for. Right, and and, and <laughs> people are in prison for crimes that for fifty years. That's like. Yeah, I I had a joint in 1960, you know. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here I am, 60 yeah. years later, and for marijuana possession. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The uh, and Florida Georgia Line is out free. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it yeah. just, just makes let no them sense. Walk around sleeveless. I mean, it's just yeah. offensive and unattractive. Um, yeah, no, and plus the entire concept is built on a jury of your peers. And if you've ever served on a jury, you will immediately feel like these are not my peers and this is not fair at all. And no one should have to listen to these 10 people talk for the entire day. Like, yeah, oof, that's that. I served on a jury one time and it scared the life out of me. Like I didn't speed for six months cause I was so nervous that something t- horrible could happen. And those people could be my jury. I would love to be on a oh, jury of a murder case. Everybody. So. Oh, geez. No way. No I think way. I would. I was on That'd it for be a such traffic, a crazy thing traffic. to be. That would be a once in a lifetime oh, sheesh, experience. Dude. Brutal, brutal. My uh, my boss just got off for jury a couple like a month ago for a, just a horrific uh, crime, and it was she was one of these people who's like, I want to be on a jury. I think it would be fun. And then she got this and was like, Okay, I never ever want to be a part of this again. It was brutal. Yeah. All right, let's see grades. I'm gonna give this an A. Uh, Jinx is an A plus. This is right below it um but very interesting nonetheless a right uh i'm gonna go a minus for me just a little bit i could have done with a little bit less a little bit uh two uh, two less episodes would have been uh perfect for me ricardo i'm gonna go uh b plus cool b plus hey ma'am fam question for you do you own a small business or are you a boss Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right, so there we go, Making a Murderer. 
Sorry, it's, uh, we're just now getting to it, but better late than never, I guess. That's right. So, uh, That's right. So what's uh recommend, fellas? Weekly recommends. Brian, hit us with a recommend. Yeah, I've... Uh... Thanks to our, our friends at Audible, and you can still go to audible.com slash mad to uh, get a free trial of Audible. I've been listening to some audiobooks the last couple weeks. I've been driving a lot, and so uh, I've been ingesting books that way. And I you read... I know, I know. I But look, that's... Stop eating uh, books, Brian. That's how I absorb them after. That's how I absorb their power afterwards, um, after I've finished reading them. So I read, or listen, read... Uh, the Girl on the Train, which is going to be made into a movie later this year yeah. with Emily Blunt and a few other like people her. that You're are... I am a big fan of Emily Blunt, and I'll be honest, that's the main reason I read the book is because I want to know what kind of movie she is going to be in. Uh, look, it's not the greatest book in the whole world because it's because if you've ever read any sort of uh, murder mystery, then you you know you kind of know the hallmarks of what to expect. I think, um, but it's it's engaging. the The reader is very good on the audiobook. Um, and the characters are, are pretty well formed, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be quite the hit, I think, on when it becomes a, a film in October. So, uh, if you're if you're like me and like to uh, read books ahead of time before they become the movie, uh, I think you will enjoy this one. Uh, Girl on the Train, and I have forgotten who the author is. So, somebody vamp for me. Hey, Kent, we're good <laughs> friends. Yes, we are until the end. Hey, Paula, Paula Hawkins. Paula Hawkins, Boom. girl on the train. Boom. Boom. Okay, Richard. Yeah, I've got two recommends this week, as, as we've talked about earlier on the pod. Things we haven't talked about in a few weeks. Uh, we've lost some people in uh, in pop culture and music and in, in, in film the last few weeks. And so I've been kind of doing a retrospective. You know, you do your... your you go in and listen when when Bowie dies you go listen to the Berlin trilogy and and when Glenn Fry does you go listen to um you know some some Eagles records from the late 70s and things like that and and so but uh Netflix has a you know the definitive two-part Eagles documentary that's all in one part for some reason I don't understand uh it's a Netflix uh the Eagles documentary on Netflix is fantastic I didn't realize um, it was on Netflix. That's cool because I have yeah, it on it Blu-ray, and it's oh my gosh, it's so good. It's Great. on Netflix, and then uh, Hulu actually has a documentary called Five Years, which is a David Bowie documentary. It, it takes five years from his career, and it's scattered. It's like seventy-two, seventy-seven, eighty-three, eighty-eight, and ninety-three, or something like that, <laughs> and uh, kind of gives you a glimpse of the transformation of him and and uh, who he is as an artist. So I recommend both of those very highly. Um, the, the Eagles documentary is is one of the best music documentaries uh, yeah. out there. And speaking of someone who's not a, a, a massive Eagles fan, as uh, it's 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 great. Um, and, and the Bowie documentary is really really good as well, and probably slightly um, under under not known as much as the Eagles doc. But if you haven't seen any of those, even if you're not a fan of either artist, um, you know it's always interesting to see. Uh, people that go on to to kind of career greatness in their early stages and things like that. So I highly recommend both. And the Eagles documentary especially is full of wonderful drama. So if you're someone who uh, I you know if you're uh, you know an 18 year old girl that's listening to this podcast and has, doesn't even know who the Eagles are, thinks that uh, it's a documentary about Donovan McNabb or something like that. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why you know who Donovan McNabb is, but let's just assume you do. Um, it's uh it's if you it, but you love like Vanderpump Rules or some yeah. or some uh, the you know, twenty minutes on uh, Brian Westbrook is 
is it's incredible. Especially compelling, I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is the one on uh Jason Avant or whatever his first name was. I don't know if it's name. But uh uh it's a um but if you just like drama, if you're just a person that yeah. likes drama, yeah. I highly recommend the Eagles documentary. So so uh that those are my two. I'm gonna give you an extra special uh, weekly recommend the, the the Eagles documentary. I don't know what it's just called the the history of the Eagles, right? Isn't that yeah, his, history of the Eagles. History yeah. of the yep. Eagles and then five years, which is a David Bowie uh documentary. The Eagles on Netflix, uh Bowie on, on Hulu. Kent, your weekly recommend. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a TV show. And by the way, Brian, any yeah. uh Give us thirty seconds on X Files, new X Files thoughts. I haven't, I haven't watched any of it because, oh. because I've been binging uh, Man in the High Castle, and then I just finished Mr. Robot, and mm-hmm. it's in freaking incredible. So that's been taking up all of my, all of my and time that I have to watch TV. I gotta say, Fargo season two might be the best thing on TV this year, uh, and Richard still hasn't seen either season, and they're both. They're incredible. Been too busy partying, bro. Dude, like, literally friend. the best thing that's on TV, Richard. I cannot believe you still haven't gotten around. Pretty stout. But Pretty uh, stout. Ken, have you watched? Have you watched Mr. Robot? Yes, I have. Oh my gosh, yes, I love it. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It's can't wait for more. Yeah. So I will. I'll try to catch up on X Files before next week. I heard tonight's episode. We're recording this on a Tuesday. I heard tonight's episode, which is the third one, is where. People were like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now it's good again. So okay. it's good. Yeah, I watched the first one. By the way, Joel McHale heavily involved in yeah, the new, it's kind of weird. The, huh? New X Files. Yeah, he kind of oddly fits the world though. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of cool. Um, anyway, I'm gonna recommend a TV show in the same vein. It's available on Netflix. Um, I've been kind of binging it randomly, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, the Twilight Zone, the original series. Oh, nice. Oh, it's so, nice. Good. so great. great. So good. Um, mm-hmm. awesome. Each each story, each show could be a movie. Um, the mm-hmm. plot, I mean, yeah. it's just so creepy and fun and strange and, and I mean, it's short. I mean, if each episode is like 20 minutes, but I mean, it holds up so well from a plot standpoint. Um, obviously oh. the effects are amateur for the time or, um, there's just one, obviously there's a, a pretty iconic one with William Shatner in an airplane, there's something on the something wing. On the wing. Yeah. There's, there's a man out there. Uh, that is that, literally when I started binging it. I, I just I just picked a random episode. Didn't even look at one I picked. I picked one in like one of the middle seasons, and that happened to be the one. I watched the, that one, I and then I got. It was a young William Shatner. He was a. He was I, nice I know guy. it took me about five minutes to be like, "Is that William Shatner?" Um, <laughs> He's very handsome, yeah. young man. And he, um, anyway, um, just have been loving it and really enjoying it, and it's, a, it's an excellent. Th- it's it's it would be worthy of a reboot, I think. It's a, I, took, I think uh, they're do, actually are rebooting it. Are, no, they're doing Tales from the Crypt, not yeah. not Twilight Zone. Uh, <laughs> um, when I was a uh, pretentious God, young that was, student, that was horribly disturbing. And please never. <laughs> yeah, um, I had, uh, well, but uh, I have a story that I'll tell you guys offline on Tales from the Crypt. But uh, there's a uh, I had a when I was a young pretentious college student, I had a uh, short story professor that I was taking. That he said everything you need to know about uh, writing a story you can learn from uh, the Twilight Zone. I mean, it's. Yeah, totally. I used to think Alfred Hitchcock Presents was that for me, um, and Twilight Zone's like another level above that, you know, as far as ex- ex- execution and everything. Hitchcock was great, but it, obviously his best work was done on the big screen. But uh, highly recommended and on Netflix. So Twilight Zone, awesome. All right, let's get out of here. Um, 
Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com. Kent, where could I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all our episodes on there. And uh, if you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on iTunes. That goes a long way. And until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 